Hi, everybody. This is John Barry, and I want to congratulate Joe Taylor on his 100th episode. Hey, Joe, this is Danny Robick, and I just wanted to say congratulations on the 100th episode. That's an amazing milestone. I can't believe it. 100 episodes. Wow. Hi, Joe. This is Nicole C. Mullen. Congratulations on your 100th episode. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Talk about it. Say so. Talk, talk about it. That's for Joe. Are we contributing to the lightness or are we contributing to the darkness? Those are, those are deep questions, you know, that this film looks at. Well, hello. Did that just happen? Nicole C. Mullen just sang to me. Unbelievable. Thank you, Nicole C. Mullen, Daniel Roebuck, and John Barry for your comments. They really, really mean a lot to me. I'm sorry, man. Let's just hear that again. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Talk about it. Say so. Talk, talk about it. That's for Joe. Welcome to the 101st episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. Today, I have an intriguing conversation with award-winning actor, producer, and founder of PureFlix, David A.R. White. David is just releasing the new God's Not Dead movie, A Light in Darkness. In a light in darkness, a deadly fire rips through St. James Church, devastating the congregation and Pastor Dave. The adjoining Hadley University uses the tragedy to kick the congregation off campus. The escalating controversy creates a dilemma for the small church. Can Christians fight for their rights and be the light for Christ at the same time? Facing a court case and his own struggle to see Christ's light in heartbreak, Dave asks for help from Pierce, his estranged brother, a big city lawyer, and an atheist. The family reunion opens old wounds as the brothers wrestle with the questions that pulled them apart years ago. Is God really good all the time? Where is God when bad things happen? And can Christ really heal the brokenhearted? In our conversation, Dave and I talk about the message of God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness, and what makes this movie different than the first two. David reveals some interesting and questionable opportunities offered to him and PureFlix since their success, his message to the church about being a light in darkness, the importance of high quality in faith-based projects, and how much of David A.R. White is actually in the character of Pastor Dave. Pat Boone was on my show, David, for God's Not Dead 2. He said that his role as Walter Wesley he felt was one of the most important roles that he had done. Very nice, man. Very mm. nice. Love that movie. Thank Love you. the series. The first two God's Not Dead movies were very popular and actually took the market by surprise. This one seems more serious and intense than the other two. Anytime we, we jump into doing these films, we're trying to figure out, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily the story. It's not the plot that we start with. We start at the heart and the core and the theme of the movie, you know. And the first theme of the first movie was, was about um, faith being challenged, you know, on the college campus. The second one was about truth being challenged in the public square. And this one, you know, this one, um, we went round and round to figure out what, what it was, you know, what this was supposed to be, um, to be honest with you. And... Uh, 
it's interesting because obviously God puts these things inside of our heart. You know, He gives us uh, these dreams, these the things that we're supposed to accomplish. You know, the things that that um, that He wants for us. But oftentimes you're at A, and how do you get to B? You know, and for us, that's really uh, for this one. We felt, you know, it, it, it's it's an interesting time that we live in. It's it's just been a it's been a divisive, you know, decade, and. God's not dead. The the tagline comes out of that: a light in darkness. So if we as believers don't step up, if we don't, you know, make that first move, if we don't call to an end to the chaos and the darkness that encircles our culture, then who else will? And that's really, I think, at the core of what this film is about. Which is, you know, it's dark. It it has its moments. You know, our 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 hope was that it was authentic and organic, and at the same time, real. There's a great line in this movie, David, that should make us all stop and think. The whole world knows what the church is against, but it gets, it's getting harder and harder to know what the church is for. What is the church for? Well, we definitely address that in this film. You know, a lot of it is, is, is based on that. Is the church relevant today in, in today's society? And if it is, what is it? What is it for? What is? How does it relate to our culture? You know, the way things are ever changing and moving. Um, does the church still have a place? You know, and part of the storyline of this film is that that this church built this Hadley University, it built this school, which is which is the case in a lot of you know in a lot of different you know built Harvard church, built Harvard, uh, Yale. You know, the church was at the center of those schools. And in the process over the years, what happens when that church does it? Is it relevant anymore? Is it, it does it even belong there in a in a public setting, you know, in the mainstream school? And that's you know that's certainly part of the storyline of this movie. What do you what do you want to tell the church, and what do you want to tell what do you want to tell the world about God through this series? Yeah, well. I think it's summed up in in my you know the line that I say in the first couple of movies I play Reverend Dave and Reverend Dave you know in the first movie doesn't have a lot going on doesn't have a you know I mean he he's right in how God uses him in the right place at the right time um, whatever his car doesn't start you know in the second one he has an appendicitis um, you know but in the in this then this this installment of it the line God is good all the time and all the time God is good. We can say that as believers, but in reality, what does that really mean? You know, when, when, when the tide turns, and certainly it turns for David here in this movie, um, he's hit with all the things that could go wrong, go wrong in his life. And I think that happens in, in real life, you know, when the pain comes, when the brokenness comes, when, when things don't go as we planned, when our kids get sick, when, you know, we lose our jobs, our spouse divorces us, you know, all of these different things that can happen in life. How do we respond as believers? What is our response to that? You know, is it, is it, are we acting as Christians and loving like Christ's example to us? Are we contributing to the lightness or are we contributing to the darkness? Those are, those are deep questions, you know, that this film looks at. And, and, uh, and I'm proud that they, that they come up in, in such an authentic way. The Pure Flix organization has done so much for the art of Christian entertainment. I think one thing that your organization has done is 
it has forced Christian artistry up a level. Or 10, for that Thank matter. You. The message is important, and the message is first and foremost. I get it. But also, delivering the message in such a way that not only the Christian will appreciate it, but it speaks to the secular world as well. Did you have any idea that Pure Flicks would have this kind of an impact? No. You know, God put inside of my heart many, many years ago when I was on a, a kid on a tractor to go into the entertainment industry, you know, and I grew up as a Mennonite of all things. And, you, and my father was a Mennonite pastor. If you don't know anything about the Mennonites, I always say the joke is the Mennonites make the Mormons look like a pack of hell's angels. <laughs> um, you know, we were conservative. I saw one movie in the theater the first 18 years of my life. So for me to go into the entertainment industry, I think I was like the last person on the planet that probably should have made that trek to do that. Um, but God put it in my heart at an early age to to be in the entertainment industry, to be an actor, but also to tell stories and to do it with excellence. And the partners at Pure Flix, myself, Elizabeth Travis, Russell Wolf, Michael Scott, you know, we all originated in the mainstream. As much as people don't really know that, Russell and Michael did mainstream high-end commercials. That was their thing. Automobiles, mostly. Elizabeth Travis was, you know, with Randy Travis and, you know, in the country singing. And then, of course, I, I was in television, in mainstream television, before I started doing Christian movies. And then moved in, you know, and then all of us moved into producing. And I think that's, the, that's, that's why that we aspire to, to be excellent at what we do. A, I believe that God calls us to be excellent in our craft, in our art form, and whatever it is that we're doing. But also, you know, we wanted, we had an early dream to be pioneers in this industry. That that it was underserved. It was it was also not not done to the best. You know, a lot of the the producers and directors didn't come from you know those backgrounds. They maybe should have done something else, but instead they were making movies, which is great. It contributed all to you know to really the genre that has come. You know, this Christian faith-based genre and so we're thankful to be part of it our goal is to to be as good as we can in the midst of the budgets that we have do we have 100 million dollar budgets no but with the you know with the small gifts and the talents that god gives us as well as you know you listening he just calls us to be excellent at that and just do it right where you're at don't try to be brilliant you know from uh with you know and wait until you have a budget or wait until the perfect time i think he just wants us to put one foot in front of the other and and to do our best and you know that's that's such a kind comment that you say you know that is our hope that that people would experience that and, and feel that and and that's our goal and we're honored to be part of it this is your third time playing reverend dave mm, yeah how much of reverend dave is David A.R. White. I think in any movie that I do, life imitates art. And uh, as much as I'd, I'd like that to not be the case, you know, um, God allows certain things in our lives to build our character, to, to mold us and to shape us. And, you know, Reverend Dave wasn't a very far stretch because my dad was a pastor. I certainly grew up around that, you know, around the church, and I understood what pastors go through. And I think that's something that's... that's that's that I like about this film is that it's you know it looks at re- a lot of Reverend Dave's life 
you know, and in the midst of this hardship and, and people think that pastors have it all together. They, they think that, you know, oh, it's a man of God. He, he, you know, he, he knows how to handle every situation, but they forget the element that that pastor is human and broken at times and going through things, you know, that, that necessarily aren't the easiest, but they're, they're, they're like everybody, you know, we all go through those situations. And so, so Reverend Dave, you know, I, I, I hold back to, you just come back to that, you know, the saying that we believe is true. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good in the midst of our pain and sorrow and brokenness. And my car does start, though, most of the time. <laughs> you know, Reverend Dave is a, is a, is a cool cat, man. Uh, uh, what, what I like about him is he is flawed but true to his core. And he's broken, but true to his core. And he's even defeated sometimes, but true to his core. What a, uh, what a great character you've created. What a great example you've created uh, in this character. Uh, well done, man. Really Thank well you. done. Thank like you. these movies a lot. Mm, thanks. So can we expect a uh, fourth installment hmm. of God's Not know. Dead? This yeah. one definitely was, you know, uh, to quote uh, one of my favorite lines from Jerry Maguire and Up at Dawn, Pride Swallowing Siege, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it was tough. It was tough. And, uh, and there's been nothing easy about it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what, what's in store. You know, we, uh, we're just on our knees and asking God, you know, what does he want us to do next? What are you most excited about in upcoming projects? Well, one thing I'm excited about is, I don't know if you've got, had a chance to go to purefix.com, but that is our version of Netflix. And, uh, and you know, we've been doing a lot of original content there. And so we have close to 7,500 titles on there, starting to do more and more original shows. And, um, and I'm excited because it opens it up to, you know, theatricals are so far, it takes so long to, to ramp up a, a, a movie. And then time it hits the market you know the whole thing just it's just a long process but in this you know when you get to make original content and make it quickly it's just it's fun it it allows you to be a little more creative i think to do different things that maybe you wouldn't do in a theater you know and uh and i think it also opens it up to to a lot of other people too to do the same thing to follow their gifts and their callings so I'm excited for it. Check it out if you've never been to pureflix.com and, uh, and check out my new series, Malibu Dan, the Family Man. Malibu Dan, the Family Man. Are all of, of, all of Pureflix, are all of the works faith-based, overtly faith-based? Mm-mm. Well, uh, no, pureflix.com is a faith and family. So it's just anything that's, you know, hopefully pure is, uh, is on there. How about so your movies? Our movies primarily are faith-based, but we make family films as well. Any um, any thought of, of going into the family friendly or mostly family friendly, but not or necessarily mm-hmm. overtly faith based? Yeah, I mean we're always open. You know, I think the the anytime you follow God, as you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to put my hand to? You know, I only get so many years on this planet, and I want to do what you want me to do. So, you know, but sometimes. Um, that's a lot of different things you can do over the years. So, yeah, I think we're totally open to that. Let's just see how it goes. Let's listen to the trailer from Pure Flix's God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness. St. James Church has become a beacon of violence and controversy. 
and it has no place on Hadley University campus. How you doing? I'm okay. It's kind of weird. Somebody burns your church down, but you're okay. How do we actually know that our values are any more valid than anyone else's? I don't understand, Lord. Seems like you're the one much is being asked of this time. This was my father's church, and it's not for sale. We cannot respond to hate with more hate. You don't get to play innocent. You did this. What you're doing, it's against the law. It's okay to be broken, Dave. That means God's still shaping you. The whole world knows what the church is against, but it's getting harder and harder to know what it's for. What am I doing wrong? David, you said before that you grew up in a Mennonite home. And I'm not sure that that exactly answers this question. So I'm going to ask it anyway. How did you come to believe in your core in Jesus Christ? I have to attribute that to my parents. I had really good parents that loved, loved the Lord with all their heart. You know, they named me David, a man after God's own heart, I think for a reason, and my brother and my sister for a reason. And, um, and my father's goal at the very core was that all of us just would have a, a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in everything we did. It wasn't whether or not we were going to be brilliant kids or, you know, um, smart or successful. The only thing he really cared about was that. And, and from an early age, you know, I uh, obviously... I went to church, you know. I got saved when I was four years old. I remember walking down the aisle and turning from my horrible ways and and uh, <laughs> and becoming an on-fire believer for the Lord. But, um, you know, and it's interesting because when I hit Hollywood at 19 years old, I had a, I had a, I was on a television show right away. And for whatever reason, that was easy for me. At that time, I was really strong in my faith. And my, my questioning time didn't come until my late 20s. When the show ended, when things stopped, and all of a sudden I found myself in this drought and going, did I believe because I w- it was just infiltrated, you know, it just I just was infiltrated by it because my parents believed it? Um, or was that really real? And, you know, and ironically, I think that comes earlier for most kids, but for me, it didn't come until my late 20s. And, and, you start looking at the different religions in the world. You start looking at the different paths that people take. And at the end of it all, after studying all of the, those things, coming back to the realization that God is real, that God made me, he made you, and, and Jesus is real, you know. And it is still, at the very end of it, after all, you go through all the facts and all that stuff, it's still about a belief. You have to take that step of faith. And if you don't take that step of faith, then, you know, you don't experience that joy, that peace, what God promises us through Jesus Christ. Is our life easy? No. But he says, he says, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And I thank God for my relationship with him. And, um, and I, if you don't have that, I, I certainly would encourage you to, to look into it, read the Gospel of John, you know, be open and ask God to show himself to you um, and be open. And I think you'll be amazed to see what he does in your life. 
And I've had a lot of friends that have come to the Lord that way. And, and it's always, you know, God is real. I think you alluded to this earlier, but I, I want to explore this a little bit if we can. When you say you came to Hollywood, do you mean the entertainment industry or do you mean the physical city of Hollywood? Hmm. I mean the physical city of Hollywood, California, and, uh, and the entertainment industry. I mean, I, I just jumped right in and uh, didn't know any better, didn't know anybody. Met a guy in a bathroom that I found out about an acting school, and, and, uh, and he said he had a place to live. And so the next, thing, the next couple of days later, I moved into his single apartment in Venice, on Venice Beach, and I lived in the kitchen. I, put my, I had a little one bed. I put that in the kitchen. There was about three inches between me and the fridge, so you could barely fit your arm in there. And then he lived in the living room, and we proceeded to do a bunch of odd jobs on the, on Venice Beach, <laughs> and uh, and I pursued Hollywood. And the oddest job was? Oh my gosh, I've had so many odd jobs over the years. I think uh, during that time, it was um, I I ran baggage. Client, you know those little bag carts to the airports. I got hooked up with worked for U.S. Air, and then I also was um, I was a waiter at some of the hotels down there by the airport in, in Venice. And uh, but my oddest job I think was um, I played Barney the dinosaur, <laughs> and uh, in South Central in Compton. On, and I had to drive. There's, this story is actually in my book. It's because it's ridiculous. Um, uh, between heaven and Hollywood, chasing your God-given dream. If you ever wanted to read about these crazy stories, but this one in particular is I pulled up. You know, you're not wearing a head, but they say, well, when you go to a party, you're supposed to be wearing your head. You're supposed to be full costumed. There's gang bangers on the on the corner. I had to walk in to this house. A little girl answers answers the door and says, "You're an hour early." And I was like, huh? <laughs> this is my first job ever. I was a party guy. And um, and then I ended up having to go in there and sit with a, her uncle, who I swear had a Glock in his pants. And uh, and I kept my head on until the little girl came up and she says, you know, you could take your head off because I know you're not real. <laughs> and that was absolutely one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, but I made it through. You were <laughs> I thank God's, God's grace. By a... By a what a seven year old seven year old yeah as Barney, as Barney the, dinosaur. the dinosaur fantastic yeah. man fantastic yeah. in 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 Hollywood both the the place and the entertainment industry have have you ever had a time and through your through your Christian walk David have you ever had a time where you doubted your faith or even the existence of God Yeah, that was my mid twenties. You know, that was my. That was my question of faith and and uh, trying to figure out if what I believed was real or if it was uh, something that was made up by my parents and by the church and all of that. Um, but I'm here today that to say that, you know, and I went through those years of, of soul searching and trying to make sense of it all and that God is, God is real. He is good. And Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to me but through the Father, which is what Jesus said. And I think that is, that's it. In the entertainment industry, David, Pure Flix, by the nature of what it is, is overtly faith-based. Mm-hmm. Even so, 
Have you ever had a time where you were forced with a decision to set aside your faith principles for the sake of expediency, profit, making an impression on somebody? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we had we have a <laughs> we have a lot of those uh, things that come up, and you're you know, at one point in time in my my career, I was doing. I was working on, you know, producing some other type of entertainment, thrillers and horror and, you know, and, and you end up, uh, getting some bizarre partners. We had a drug, drug Lord that wanted to be a partner with us and fund us, you know, and, uh, you know, you have that question of, well, the money is, you know, I think is that is money evil? No, it's how you use it for good. So did we take the drug Lord's money you know, that came in this, in this box of cash, or do you, you know, turn it down because of principles? Well, we turn it down just in case you were wondering, uh, because we didn't, we didn't, this money did not make Samson. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, you know, we've had, uh, we've had alcohol companies that want to sponsor us and, you know, and Hey, if you put, if you put this in there, then we'll give you this huge sum of money. And, you know, we, we're forced with those, faced with those things that, I mean, those are pretty easy ones to say no to, but, but, uh, yeah, we've had our share of, of ridiculous, colorful stories like that early on, you know, when all the studios wanted to, um, to partner and to basically, you know, also start faith labels. Um, we took this meeting, <laughs> Michael, Michael Scott, um, and myself took this meeting at Regent, a Regency, one of those two uh, companies, and uh, and we're sitting outside in the in the uh, in the um, waiting room, and you know they screen the trailers ongoing, and so the trailers start running, and we start realizing that this is a gay and lesbian network, and they're running these trailers for these movies, and as we're sitting there, we're like. Um, somebody failed to tell us this, you know, before coming in. So sure enough, before we could leave, they in, they brought us in, and as we're sitting there with the guy, you know, and he's telling us how the company wants to get into um, faith films, and uh, you know, we're 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 like we're like sitting there listening to this, but that's the irony is that that you know Hollywood looks at the money. They don't look necessarily, they're not biased, and Hollywood is biased, let's just be honest. But, but oftentimes they're not biased enough to say, they're like, if there's enough money there, they're like, well, wait a second, maybe we can make this work. You know, we can make this work with you guys, and we'll give you control and whatever, you know, and that's another one of those things about you take that money. I don't think so. I don't think that's right, you know. But um, not to say that they can't go off and make faith films, and we'd love them to make faith films, you know. Um, but you know, Hollywood has its, there's so many stories and, and, you know, things that have happened to us over the course of, I I think our 14 years in pure flicks that are funny and, and not so funny. I think our year two and three, we went without a salary for almost two, two years. And I learned that my wife really did love me and at the time and you know, it's so you just never know. It's funny. The movie is God's not dead. A light in darkness. David A.R. White, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness is in theaters right now. Check out the movie's website at godsnotdeadmovie.com. That's God's Not 
thedeaddeadmovie.com. If you want to know more about David A.R. White, I'll put his website and social media links in the show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 101. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 101. If you want to contact me, I'm most active on Twitter at at 4JoeTaylor. That's at 4JoeTaylor, F-O-R-J-O-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertains you, encourages you, informs you, or brings value to your life in any way whatsoever, will you consider financially backing the show? The best way to do that right now is to use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. We'll get a modest commission from the purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you, David A.R. White, for being with us, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me. And you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you. And so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. What the heck? Let's just hear that one more time. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Talk about it. Say so. Talk, talk about it. That's for Joe. Well, you certainly have a lot of irons in the fire right now from... Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's all right. Hold on. Hey, Mike Scott, I'm on the radio for crying out loud. Can I call you back? Yeah. That's Mike Scott, one of my business partners. (laughs) <laughs> founders of Pure Flix. Yeah. Anyway, he apologizes uh, to all the On Faith's Edge's folks for calling in the middle of our uh, our wonderful interview. No sweat, man. No sweat. <laughs>